Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome Hi. to the TOVG <laughs> podcast. That was a bad last note. Yes, yeah, so, that's not. Was, was that's that a not, brown no, note? we can't do. Uh, we can't. That can't be the analogy that we start the final episode of the podcast on is a bad last note. <laughs> I thought I was taking you literally, not analogically. No, wow. it was both. Damn, Jimmy, you're now we have, you're we have an uphill genius. battle now. So um, I've, uh, it's always been an uphill battle, Jimmy. Hey, <laughs> I, not us. <laughs> I, I had to bicycle. I'm I, I'm sorry for getting the podcast a little late, but I, I literally did have to huff and puff my bicycle uphill to uh, to make it here barely in time, which is Georgia. Partially why uh, why this is happening. But I um have, <laughs> have read the feedback. I've I've read the uh, disappointed fans who are going to be lamenting our loss. They they say they like lie. the banter and will miss it. You know, people really like the banter. I've mm-hmm. um gotten gotten a lot of a lot of comments coming in about how they would rather us prioritize the banter, in fact. So for this final TOVG podcast, we're playing real fast and loose with the outline. Mm-hmm. We're 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 not gonna be holding ourselves to uh to as many rules as usual. Which which means a lot of talk about stuff that's probably less video game related than even the usual. Really? Yeah, which is which is weird because I played a lot of video games this week. God no! Yeah, so did I. I wanted no, to actually bring Matt. something to the table. Even yeah. Matt played video games finally. I signed my name to the devil origin access to to try some video games. <laughs> oh wait, actually, I'm. God damn it! The one week when I want to break the rules, we can't break the rules. Matt, how were video games this week? No, no, we can break the rules. We can have video but games. No, I'm actually and... this. This is why it frustrates me so so much to have to follow the rules, even though I want to break the rules. Is that I am actually genuinely interested in knowing how good of a deal EA's Origin Access whatever thing is. <laughs> so I actually genuinely really. From from the bottom of our heart, from from the two cockles of our friendships rubbing against each other, want to know how you you felt about video games that, that you played this week on the EA Origin Early Access uh, uh, Deluxe Supreme Edition Fun Service. All right, all right. So all right. I I <laughs> wanted to play uh, Mirror's Edge um, Catalyst anyway. All right? all right. So I was like, you know what? 
Um, there's a couple things. So I, I was looking, I saw that you could play Mass Effect for 10 hours straight up. Okay. 10 hours. Battlefield 1 for 10 hours. Like, that's a really good free trial. Then you had, like, a bunch of vault games. Not many, I take you, um, that you come free, which is, like, Battlefront. I can speak from experience that 10 hours is, in fact, enough to have more than your fill and eventually get sick of Battlefield 1. So, yes, you are correct. That is a good deal. Yeah, I got sick of it immediately. <laughs> Not my thing. I am more of a bad company guy. I knew I knew this going in. Um, that's why I don't really particularly buy these games straight out the get go. Yeah. I kind of wait until George is like, yo, a couple guys want to play some Battlefield after it's been out for like a year and has all the DLC packs and it's like 10, 15 bucks. That's and what like, you yeah, should do, sure. kids. We could get 10, 15 bucks out of wait, that. That's like until, watching a movie. Wait until Battlefield 1 Premium Edition is 10, 15 bucks. And, and maybe by then they will have made it less spammy of splash damage with high dps holy crap it you spawn what, you got that? and you die yep yeah, you thank spawn you. and you die the, the airplane the is dropping person. bombs over you constantly one of it my favorite clips that i've recorded of all of last year was a clip of me just walking around the desert completely by myself alone in battlefield one for like a solid minute seeing a like cool gun on the ground to pick up in in like the sandy dunes with no one around and as soon as i pick it up and look at it and start to walk away <laughs> like <laughs> i just die i don't know how or why and the death camera slowly pans up to show like a tidy airplane <laughs> like, like just kind of oh casually God. glide away sounds like it I, I don't like know it. some people have been able to get stuff done in that game i can't get anything done in that game as soon as i try to do anything i blow up that's how i felt about uh the star wars battlefront the current one not the old one edition <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what it is you know what we should start calling those hmm. new star wars battlefront New Super Star Wars Battlefront. Yes. Yeah. New Super Star Super Wars Star Battlefront. Wars Battlefront. <laughs> New Super Star Wars Battlefront 2. That way you can differentiate it from Star Wars Battlefront 2. Right. Hopefully that one will be better. Um it, not that I not, not to say it's I, I would say I would enjoy Battlefront more than I, I enjoy uh, Battlefield 1 for sure. Uh in, mm. in my opinion. Uh because it, it's just like a fun game. You just drop in, you start shooting some things with some pew pew noises that you recognize from your childhood. Which we'll get into later, George. I know you're <laughs> scratching yourself in anticipation of talking about Star Wars. Um but What's on Star Origin Wars? Access, I uh we have the battlefront that you can play <laughs> continuously. Yeah. No no locks. Um Mirror's Edge, the new one. Um, you know, a couple little indie games like Unravel. <laughs> Super Mirror's Edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Mirror's Edge. Um, oh, a, a couple of things that no one cares about, like Need for Speed. You know. Hey. Yeah, hey. Yeah, Watch the, yourself. The Underground 2 was legendary. Whoa, every like so five that, years, that's every four or five years, they make a good Need for Speed. And the rest of them are just like kind of remakes of the older ones, re-releases and... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's another one that I like that Midnight was Xbox Club? 360 era. M oh, Midnight Club uh, is godlike. Oh, Need for so Speed Most good. Wanted was one of the good ones. 
You remember the music from these games? Oh my gosh. Hell yeah. Riding most... on the storm. <laughs> oh god, yes. And then fucking uh I think Dog. Need for Speed Need for Speed Most Wanted had Disturbed in it, I think. It had Decadence oh. by Disturbed and Hand of Blood by uh Bullet for My Valentine. Great. And since that was my metal phase, I turned off everything else on the soundtrack. On the other hand, who remembers Need for Speed Online? Nobody. I actually didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, they actually took it down after a year of no one playing it. Oh, Need for Speed World, that's what it was called. Previously known as Need Still for Speed World it. Online. Need, oh. oh. Su- super new super Need for Speed you. World's 3D you. World. You. <laughs> No, because you would be underground, so it can't be you. There's already oh, a need right. for speed you. <laughs> Anyways, <what>? some, <laughs> some things of note would be um, Battlefield Hardline that I'm pretty sure no one cares about. Um, Titanfall 1, Dragon Inquisition, okay. um, which is pretty good if you haven't played it. Um, it's, it's a nice RPG to get into. Um, Do they give you a Garden time limit Warfare. for Inquisition? Uh, say again? Do they give you a time limit for Inquisition? No, no. These are all nice. like you can play unlimited for. The and war, what's the cost? Th- this war is of mine, huh? What's the cost? Five dollars a month, or damn, or thirty dollars for the year. I Fuck, think, damn. Like what the hell was that? Like it's the most ridiculous thing. I was just like, so yeah, what? just sign up, play these games, and then quit. <laughs> I, and I could let me, let me I could have just make sure instead that's $30. of buying <laughs> instead of buying Player Unknown's Battlegrounds this week, I could have just bought a year of of like all of those good games that you just talked about. Now, I don't doubt that if this catches on and works, it will all of a sudden become a really bad deal like 5-7 years in. But as of right now, this sounds like a win for consumers across the globe. Yes, See, it my, is thirty dollars for a year. My only, well, okay, I guess I, I guess I don't know if this is a concern that's even new about this system, but like, I am someone who who cares to an extent about uh, owning the games that you buy and archival purposes, right? So, like, you know, it's it's easy to go pick up your Super Nintendo and pop in Mario World yeah, and play. Yeah, now like you you're starting to turn my mind straight back over again. See, but for that's five dollars like, a month, I don't know. I feel like like that's worth the sacrifice. The savings are worth the sacrifice. Right. It, it's a great deal, and especially if you want to get a taste of games, and then like, oh, I want this one forever, and you go purchase whatever the fuck you know, like. Titanfall 1 or something. Right. Because I, I never got a to play that. copy on something. Uh, actually, I don't even know if you can really play Titanfall 1 these days. Is there even people playing on PC? Especially with 2 out. Did you try, Matt? I, I didn't try. Um, because it's only multiplayer and I didn't really yeah. like... I, I didn't really get into it, I would say. I wouldn't say I didn't like it. I just It just felt like something was missing from the from the gameplay for me. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt like it was if there wasn't people what people weren't gonna play it after like the beta. Like I feel like there 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 should have been a little bit more sauce into it. Hopefully uh Titanfall two is gonna be a little bit better because I'm gonna try that. 
because uh, I think the trial uh, you can yeah. get a trial also. It's just the consensus you hear from fans who have played both is that Titanfall 1 is actually the better of the two. Whoa, really? Even though they're Uh, both pretty good. Titanfall 2 has a kick-ass single-player campaign, which is still just like five, six hours long, which for like five dollars, plop it down. That doesn't discount it. That doesn't discount it as a good game. I played the multiplayer for a few hours. It doesn't discount it as a good game. What 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 I said was that among the hardcore dedicated fans, they they the consensus is the Titanfall one is the better of the two. Mm. I I I don't know if I can make that call because I played Titanfall one much more than I played Titanfall two multiplayer wise. Uh oh, that's a, that's a hard call. I will, okay, you know, I'll defer. I think, yeah, Titanfall 1 might be better because of the Titan customization was a little more liberal, and I really liked the prestiging system that it had. <laughs> uh, Titanfall 2, as far as as I played, was a lot of, like, you get kind of a fully pre-built Titan, and you could change, like, a couple things on it, and there's, like, three or four frames. Also, bunny yeah. hopping is supposed to be a lot easier and slower in Titanfall 2. Whereas in Titanfall 1, it's a little supposed to be a little bit more of, of a true test of skill. I can't comment on that because I didn't play it. But when I was doing my video specifically about bunny hopping, that's mm. a lot of what I was reading was centering on how in Titanfall 2, they they give you a button for it and expect you to do it. Whereas in Titanfall 1, it was more the traditional like, oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There's this quote unquote glitch here. I hope no one abuses <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just a, just a quick one, all the dead spaces, all the crises, all the dragon ages, all the mass effects, and Matt, of course, talking Fury. About? There's only, there's only one dead space, isn't there? <laughs> they never made another dead space game after the first one. <laughs> and Fury, which is a really great title. Wait, really? Fury is in there? Why? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why is Fury of what? all the games that are in the EA Access Fun subscription pack? Why is like Fury I thought was just an indie self-published. It's on Steam. Yeah, uh developer is the Game Bakers. Publisher, the Game Bakers. Maybe it's I... the console version or something? I'm curious personally. How much the uh, devs or people who made the games are getting from this service? Like, I know most of this shit is old, so they're probably selling, like, I'm sure no, they're not selling a single copy of Titanfall 1 anymore. But, like, like Fury or some of the more recent games? I yeah. wonder if they're getting paid out from this at all, because it seems like not a lot of money going into a lot of games. I mean, five uh, but this bucks for a month to play EA all these we're games. Talking about. They they yeah. probably have have the power, the reserves to uh, take this loss for a while to win over the hearts and minds of consumers, and then eventually figure out how to get lazy about it, and then figure out how to rip people off and get away with it, and then turn evil before George. someone else figures out a good deal. Because that's how business works in this society of ours. It, to <laughs> counterpoint your this is EA we're talking about. I provide the evidence that. This is EA we're talking about. <laughs> and resources or not, when have they ever taken any steps to show good faith in treating developers correctly or right or I good? mean, maybe not developers, but they Cough, started the... Um, yeah. Wait, no, that, no, was, that square. was Square. Yeah. I, was, I always get them mixed up. 
whatever. EA fucks over everybody. So, so, so this kind of relates to a tweet I made that was controversial about how um, video game rental business is not as much a thing anymore. You know, mm-hmm. as as yeah. everyone was was super keen to reply on my tweet claiming that the industry was dead. I got a lot of responses that were saying, "No, Redbox and GameFly still exist, but they're not the same, man." I don't know. Yeah, I probably Red, yeah. Redbox exists in game rental format if you have either an Xbox One or a PS4 and you want a library of about 20 games total between the two. And they also run out very very fast. Because it's yeah. just a tiny little box in front of a store. It's not an entire right. store full of cardboard boxes of copies yeah. of the thing you want. That was what the magic of Blockbuster was back in the day before they like uh, closed down permanently, I think, in 2009. I also saw a lot of replies to the tweet that were just like straight up revisionist history, talking about how expensive it was and how Blockbuster killed themselves by charging so much. When that prompted me to go look at old Neograph threads of people complaining about Blockbuster raising the prices to like $7 a week... Oh no! I mean, it's seven dollars a fine. week for one game, and that was in 1996. The, the like, thread I was reading was from when they were closing down. They they were the consensus was like, "Wow, I can't believe they raised their price to seven dollars a week when they're clearly going out of business right now from competition against Netflix." That's that's actually a better deal than Redbox. To... That that Redbox yeah. is three bucks a day. So you can uh, go go to Redbox, rent your your single player, play it once, throw it away, you're done. The order eighteen eighty six. Yeah, I was gonna say that was the that's the only game that I think falls into a, a fair and, enough and category less of those to rent get for three dollars a day. Because specifically, I think there is less of a rental market to demand the audience that those games were for. Like I I noticed this when I was playing through the old Resident Evil games. Like those are short. Resident mm-hmm. Evil 2 has two campaigns in it that are four hours each. You could knock both of those out in a lunch break. And that that would be a sin nowadays. And and I yeah. really think that, like, I'm not saying this is the one end-all, be-all conclusive reason why it was more tolerable back then. But I think the fact that you could rent it for for $6 for a week and then throw it away when you're done and never need to play it again is why there was less... Uh, consumer angst over short games pre-2009 than there are nowadays. So, um... They... They... Would... And by they, I mean the entire game industry. Would do well to figure out a way to fill this hole. And I think subscription services that are a stupidly good deal, like the EA Access thing, are a way to do it. The thing is, I just don't trust EA to not fuck it up half decade or a decade down the road. And yeah. in fact, I don't know if I would trust anyone to not fuck it up. Because Jimmy, like you were talking about, you don't get um, you you don't get good points for uh, preservation, for uh, yeah. longer term historical benefits with that model. Whereas with rental sales, like at least it's still a physical copy. Like you can buy the rental physical copy of the game when the blockbuster closes down. And I know tons of friends of mine who have like piles of of like shitty blockbuster label boxes where where they were just like during the closeout sales able to pile on a huge collection. Uh, I should have done that. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah, no. I, d- the- I did manage to get a copy of Two Human though before that. Oh, yeah, congratulations! Man. That's one of That's the good, good ones. You're gonna play that a lot. I, <laughs> I haven't yes. played it once. You should definitely pop it in today, man. You're just Absolutely. letting it age, aren't you? You're, yeah, you're letting it actually, like refine and ferment. In in all honesty, I actually don't know. Oh no, it's right here. Okay, cool. 
I was going to say, I don't know where it is, but it's because it's in a shitty Blockbuster case. So, like, or no, it was a GameStop, like, $1 purchase. I have a, uh, I think I bought it from GameStop, but it was in a Blockbuster case. <laughs> Copy oh. of Ninja Gaiden Black for uh, the original Xbox, not to be confused oh, with the Xbox such one. Such a good game. Such a good game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. you give me that shit. Ninja Gaiden Black is a fucking masterpiece. I kind of remember just spamming the dive kick through my whole run, though. I don't think that you played it. Maybe I had it on not the right mode. <laughs> you I thought this was right. what they were supposed to fix no, in the black version. No, I don't think version. you played it at all. <laughs> no, I played it. I remember Ayani was in it, and she, like, chops people up, and there's, like, the super sexy purple demon lady boss, and... And in the uh, first level, it turns out you were just training all along. Wow! Oh wow, the spoilers are real. Yeah, that's did you like, play, like twenty half an minutes hour? in. Yeah, okay, that's maybe what I'm thirty if you if you're slow. <laughs> I remember. All I'm saying is, yeah, you're not a real Ninja Gaiden fan unless you got the cricket bat of death. Oh, yeah. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're not you a real die. I, yeah, I, you're not a real Ninja Garden fan. I'm kidding. Was of much more into DMC three when when I was that age, anyway. But um, <laughs> well, well, yeah. um, well, Origin Access is uh, <laughs> pretty great for the five dollars I paid for it. Uh, nice. I played Mass Effect uh, Andromeda for a few hours. Cool. Do you okay. guys want to see what? All right. So yeah, where's right. this going? Okay. 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 All right. All right. So you know they fix a few things. Um, you know, like the game, you, uh, the animations. <laughs> I wouldn't say the game. Uh, oh no. Uh, okay. So you know, like oh, I, the famous uh, my face is tired. Uh, yeah. What they did was just put her hand over her face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My face is tired, and she like puts it down a little bit, and then she removes it. Um, I all right. There's a lot of things that could be if you're not paying attention to it, you won't really realize it. Um, but I have to say, because I've seen jank, and I'm very right. aware of jank. There is some jank in this game. <sighs> it does not feel like a triple A sixty dollar game. What about the combat? The combat is fun. Okay. Combat is, the combat is fun. Because I, um, I saw a few videos of the combat, and my first impression was like, wow, this looks like it would feel better than previous Mass Effect combats. I think it does. Okay. I think it I like the so, so Even what, just platforming, just jumping feels great. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have a jump button in the old games. You get yeah, a jump like, button now? Being able oh, to climb using that jetpack is... Witcher. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, you can jump now. Uh, it's actually really great. Like the first um place you're at, like it's like the tutorial, I guess you can say, where you're like use the jetpack for the first time, you like platforming on some platforms and uh climbing some ledges and it's it feels great. And I'm like, "Wow, this is a Mass Effect game. This is this is actually not that bad." Um the, a, a few things though, like outside of combat, it, you know, the animations kind of being stuck you know Oof. the way people walk uh, yeah yeah it's it, you can see like sometimes their arms are two into their chest when they're talking 
Oh, do they clip inside of themselves? Yeah, they they clip in inside of themselves, and you you can see like it, it's too awkward, so mm. you, it makes looking at it a little awkward. So um, maybe they haven't caught up to The Witcher just yet. Uh, no, they no they no they haven't. I it, when, can't when believe you, they. You didn't see the side by side with Mass Effect One and Mass Effect Andromeda, <laughs> and the difference between those two. Like it actually looked better in Mass Effect One than it did in Andromeda. That's really and I remember Mass really Effect telling. Two looking extremely impressive for the time, especially the facial quality on the on the aliens and mm. noticing a downgrade even going from that to Mass Effect Three. Oh, was it Mass Effect Two that they were applying it to? It might have been Mass Effect Two. I mean, maybe they were comparing it with Mass Effect One just to make it sting harder. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of videos that are a little more vindicative and spiteful try to uh, try to really push try, try it. Try to in bend there. the story a bit to yeah, like twist the knife a little harder. Um, it, it's it could get a it could get um like okay, uh, there is a certain scene. Um, I can show you the video. Like I recorded the video of because you you can replicate this. Um, if Liam, uh, the black guy with the frizzy hair. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he goes into your party very early on. If you don't put him in your party, he there's a cutscene where he leaves your side when you're flying to an island or a planet, should I say? Um, and then he, all of a sudden he's right behind you in the next scene, and he's just standing there, and like the shadow reveals his face while this shrill of music, you know, like pups up and you're like what the hell is How going on very dramatic and she's like standing behind you the whole cutscene. he's not supposed to be there and it's just really awkward <laughs> really awkward it's like little things like that of when you're talking to people like you know uh the Gar- uh, garris race uh turians their little eye juice the little eyes are like puffing out of their like face mask thing uh it is not supposed to when they're blinking and it just their flesh just kind of like pokes out and clips through their their face and it no like, that's that's no. biology yes that's uh yeah. that's part of the lore oh okay i wasn't aware you, you, you I just weren't aware. immersed maybe i'm just looking too deeply no there's a procedure to it in order to fully immerse yourself in the mass effect universe you have to uh consume a lot of drugs and alcohol beforehand <laughs> uh make sure you don't play any good games first <laughs> And and then you're ready to go. <laughs> Here's the video. <laughs> Another post in in Discord. The, the, <laughs> perhaps the last one that the you, the viewers will never see. <laughs> yes, it's okay. I, I'll I'll somehow make we can make it a video podcast. <laughs> Everything is blank until this exact moment. Uh, um, if, yeah, if only just, our listeners could see. So. <laughs> Yeah, you can see him run off and then you see him pop up in the back. Just, you know, just just little little awkward things, you know, that just kind of make it a little janky, like camera zooming up to their face when it when it's not supposed to. It doesn't seem like it's supposed to because you can see like the textures get a little wonky a little bit and then it zooms back out to you and then when it goes back to the other character it kind of zooms straight up into their eye and you're like whoa what's going on here and this is all in the first few hours and you're like come on (laughs) what are you guys doing um but yeah it's um that liam thing it made me not want to put him in my party i already didn't like him now i just don't want him in my party anymore (laughs) 
at all. Like he's just standing behind me like that. That's just weird. It, 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 well, little, those... I'm gonna stop playing it until hopefully they fix everything else. I was hoping that it wasn't so bad. They fix a lot of the bad things, like you know when she wakes up out of cryo sleep, she's not like smiling and and doing all this weird stuff with her face. It's actually <laughs> normal. There's a lot of the yeah. There's a lot of things that were shown that are now fixed um, for the most part. It's just a lot of jank in there now that it feels like a budget game more than a full-fledged AAA, you know, from like a, you know, a high Bioware developer. And, and you know? maybe this is why it's important mm. for for cheaper spin-off versions of games to to be aware of their limitations and work with them, much like how Pillars of Eternity would just have all this stuff happen in text boxes. Yeah, uh, don't don't have that good. opportunity to disappoint the player with bad animation. Well, Although it's... I just want to say I love the idea of you making the decision of who to bring along on your party based on like who has good animation and who doesn't. Yes, the, yes. those are the kind of uh, heavy, weighty moral decisions that uh, Bioware traditionally wants their players to have to consider when going through a, a massively effective RPG experience. It, it, it's it's I, I think it's unacceptable. <laughs> it's unacceptable to have to make that choice just because just because he's like standing behind me is the most creepiest thing. Anyways, yeah. That that's that's Mass Effect. I poked fun at it for a little <laughs> while, but the combat's pretty pretty saucy, and um, the the writing is a little off. Um, not bad, but it's just not what I'm what I'm expecting, I guess. Especially coming from a Pillars of Eternity, which is like really cool um, when it comes down to certain scenes, even though it's very thick with some thick. some garbage. I mean, some good Thick garbage. With garbage. With I, good garbage. I, I, yeah. I can't tell if you're uh, talking no, no, about I, Mass I like Effect it. or I Pillars. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I really enjoy that game. Uh, yeah, just, just skip you all just the gold text. just got to reread it a couple times, you know, to make sure that and, and, it sinks And don't into even the read the gold text. Yeah, you got to have a, a big cup of coffee, you know. To, to use on the text that's not gold. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I think this is one of the points I stressed in the review. Like, please ignore the backer texts in, in oh. Pillars of Eternity. They... They are not worth the time it takes to read the walls of text there. The other walls of text are fine. If the font is gold, though, click away. You, you remember that was one of the things that turned me off. I was yeah. the first time I played, I was like, I can't believe I have to read all this text. A lot and of just people got turned, turned off by it. Yeah. And then I went back and I avoided. I did not read not one. As soon as I saw a gold name, I passed by. I, I, yeah, I understand I, the backers want to have their own story. I don't care about it. Because I don't want to I, waste my time reading your stuff. <laughs> I will gladly admit that Pillars is a game best enjoyed if you willfully ignore at least one of the big weaker aspects of it. And, and that mm. is that is the backer texts. <laughs> I mean, 77,000 uh, fans. Uh, so, yep. so we, we, we yeah. good on the EA Origin Access. Um, to, uh, uh, agonizing insertion fund subscription what a what i'm I'm confused what did that sentence even it just sound like you said words is there a, a statement or a question <laughs> are, are, are are we are we done talking about about oh. turning games into a service 
that, yeah, that sure. might might not work out as well in the long term, but might still be pretty sweet nowadays. Well, well, they can get away well, with charging like you're not done talking about it. it, but I am. <laughs> so speaking of space based science fiction series, <laughs> let's talk about Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. <laughs> <laughs> No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, uh, You've waited long enough. I have, I have. And I, I have a confusing and sad, but kind of uplifting and surprising and funny tale to tale of the <laughs> experience of rewatching the original Star Wars trilogy, but I saw the Blu-ray versions for the first time. Like, every few years, I go back and watch these movies, and I think around the time I hit, like, 2021 was when I was like, holy crap, Return of the Jedi actually isn't that great of a movie. Because when I was a kid, that was my favorite one, because that's the one where the good guys win. But I, like, get it now, because, like, rewatching it as an adult, that one is the one made for dumb kids to buy toys with. The the other ones uh, have a lot more humanity in them, I feel. But... Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think the general consensus of the masses is that Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars film yeah. ever created. And, and the, every time um, I rewatch it, the more it like gradually turns into one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I still really like Return of the Jedi. I like all the set pieces and it has a lot of fun stuff that they do in it. It's such a Muppet um, movie, though. And it's like <laughs> watching it in the Blu-ray version where you can like see the gunked on paint. Occasionally you might see like the shadow of of, of a puppet's <sighs> armature stick popping out at the edge of the frame. Well, I don't I don't I don't and never have done Blu-ray. I never liked it because every time mm, I was shown yeah. Blu-ray when it came out, it was on those those shitty ultra high def TVs with frame blending. So everything <laughs> runs at like like 800 frames per second Why? and it looks like you're watching home movies like that shit's stupid if if um, you turn that off and watch the blu-rays of star wars you're on a roller coaster ride of the movies looking extremely crisp and impressive but also every single imperfection of practical effects suddenly being visible in a way that was clearly not meant to be visible yeah and and that like that's why this was it was a truly profound experience because like with every new frame with every new angle that that is i was like seeing stuff that i didn't want to know was there like sometimes you'll see a sliding door in the background like kind of bounce on the ground a bit when it hits the ground it'll be like and 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 the lower it's just a few pixels of extra motion at the door's edge that that on any lower or blurrier of a picture you wouldn't notice but all of a sudden it becomes extremely obvious that there was just someone backstage holding that door open on a pulley and they just dropped the rope to make it close and and i i always like (laughs) felt like the doors were like the defining line for star wars like doors in other sci-fi movies look so much cheaper now the doors in star wars look cheap and i don't know what to do with myself anymore did you just glitch? <laughs> Did you just immediately stop talking and then start back it was, up again? It, it, Discord server must have lagged out, but it's I'm, fine. I think George kept talking through the whole thing, so it doesn't sound like we couldn't hear what he was saying. <laughs> okay. Viewers at home will have the uninterrupted George whining about how good the oh, Blu-ray version of Star Wars the, is. The final caveat of the TOVG podcast, now the listeners saw something that the podcastees will never know. It'll be oh. a mystery for what I was just talking about will be a mystery for you guys. So I'll just go ahead and I won't even, I won't even listen to it afterwards. I'll, I'll skip over that part when I'm editing. So you know how the <laughs> Battle of Hoth is like a really impressive cinematic sequence. It's, it's like seamless cuts between all sorts of different kinds of effects. 
and and they like do things with with scale that that you wouldn't see in other movies like the giant AT AT walkers which would just look like too big to keep in a studio just just look good yeah. and the blu-ray version yeah. on the other hand it's painfully painfully obvious which shots are miniatures which shots are um like rubber props and which shots are life-size props in which case you mm. usually only see a little bit of it like it's especially evident with tauntauns tauntauns turn into claymation in some angles and then props yeah. at other angles and oh my that's, god that's been evident since like the start though i've always well, been able to tell when they did claymation tauntauns the rubber tauntauns are like I, I don't know if it was intended for the face of these Tauntaun props to be in the shots or not, because they look so bad and you hear the mouth noise, you hear, wah, 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 but you don't see the the props mouth move. And it's just like because of the sound design and the way the prop is positioned in the frame and the motion they give the prop and just how like well made the prop is in the first place. Let's be honest here. You don't notice it. But then on the Blu-ray mm -hmm. version, all all of this suddenly becomes painfully visible and it like. It makes me appreciate practical effects and how much work, a truly like terrifying amount of complex, incredibly difficult, incredibly skilled work went into making the effects of this movie. But at the same time, I like I don't want to see every shot and be like, wait a minute. I see how they did that. Wait, it, yeah, you're wait. You're talking about the Blu-ray official Blu-ray editions. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the stuff that they add CG to? They did, they did, but they can't do what? it in every shot. They they only do it in like a scant well, few shots, actually. And now it's more garbage. obvious than ever. Because that's the like, like easy legal way to do it, and I don't have to no, like torrent up the despecialized de so, edition yes, with, with anti-aliasing applied to cover up all these things. Despecialized edition is the best. That's the way I watched it. That is, that is. But you see, I'm 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 a piece of trash. You you want you want to hurt. Is that's what that's what it is. You want to I, I feel also, it. You want to eat the garbage. You want the sludge, man. You want the wrinkled garbage can sludge. Bring it out like a rag PS4, right into your mouth. Flop mm. down on the couch, cuddle up, and watch some old Star Wars movies and giggle at how bad George Lucas's storytelling decisions are. Now I, I want to see like like a beautifully shot like 4K video of of George. Like from several angles, sitting in his living room, watching the Tauntaun scene from Star Wars while hurt by Johnny Cash plays in the background. <laughs> I can make it happen. <laughs> so make it happen, Matt. There's a shot in the original version of Empire Strikes Back where where the gang is is huddled up in the Millennium Falcon and Han Solo turns on the hyperdrive and they all lurch backwards and C-3PO falls against the wall into a pile of cables. For yeah. some reason, in the special editions, that shot of C-3PO falling back and hitting a pile of cables is in A New Hope <laughs> instead of an Empire Strikes Back. Like, he just took a completely incidental, like, pointless shot that just, like... Like a slapstick shot that was for flavor? Yeah, like how fast the ship suddenly is accelerating. And and for some reason, just like <laughs> took it out of one movie and put it into another. Oh, oh, but speaking of Return of the Jedi not being that great of a movie, holy shit, this one got absolutely butchered, com repulsively, <laughs> like, repulsively I know exactly altered. what you're talking about because I saw you live tweeting it. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, 
<laughs> oh my god it was surreal almost because they're like breaking the rules of cinema by doing these changes they're going into avant-garde experimental territory that you'd expect out of like a david lynch film but no it's, it's fucking star wars so at the end of return of the jedi uh uh the the good guys blow up the death star 2 luke luke skywalker Sp- yeah spoilers, spoilers. Luke Skywalker defeats the bad guys. They they blow up the bad guy's space station weapon. Everyone has a party and goes home. And the bad guy yeah. who turned over to the light side of the force at the very last moment becomes a ghost like the other good Jedi. And they use right. Hayden Christensen from the prequels for his yeah. ghost. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What is the I thing? Understand, oh. I understand the reasoning from... Oh, no. The, for the point of that, it's bad reasoning. Oh, no. I understand how they got there. Jimmy, though. you so, can't play devil's advocate with this. No, I absolutely can't. I, because I'm going to say it's stupid and a shitty idea anyway. Because so, so Aiden Christensen was one of the worst parts of the prequels <laughs> from an acting what, what, perspective. What's your claim and your grounds and your backing for taking okay. the wrong side of this argument? So the idea that they were going for by replacing the ghost of a guy that you have literally only seen for three seconds with the ghost of Hayden Christensen is to accentuate that by by past but like the fact that he's there it shows that it's it's showing him in his last state when he was still a good Jedi before he went down the path of evil when he was on the light if that side. makes sense exactly it's showing like the the ideal of Anakin Skywalker. So how come but Yoda and Obi Wan are still like, like old and wrinkly and and because they were always on the good side. They were good to the end. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just unfair. Right, because the whole deal of fucking Vader throwing <laughs> throwing Palpatine into the pit and saving his son in his last moments. That is a defining return to good. Yeah. So it should be modern Anakin, not fucking Hayden Christensen. So I get their reasoning, but they like missed a crucial point of their whole story that makes it function. And yeah. Okay. Also, also just in general, I'm I'm assuming the Blu-ray version is the one where (laughs) Darth Vader repeats the same sound clip of no from episode three. When he throws Palpatine into the pit, which is yeah, stupid. Yeah, but you, you don't notice that unless you've seen episode three. It, it doesn't sound too wacky. What is it, extremely wacky is Hayden Christensen being the ghost of the actor we just saw die, who is a completely different person. That's that's wacky number one. I got more wackies on the way. Well, if you go in order, it's not so wacky. Not that I... You should never, you should never, ever watch Star Wars in order. <laughs> I, I've been reading about It the... goes 4, 5, 6, The Force Awakens, and maybe Rogue One if you're interested, and never watch 1, 2, and 3, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Why, Jimmy? Aren't they good movies? Uh, you can you can YouTube the pod racing scene. Episode that one's, one's really fun. not a good movie. Return of the Jedi. I, I don't even scene. think Return of the Jedi is a good movie. Return of the Jedi is a good movie, George. I, it's, it's, it's a real different tone and place and strategy than the others. And, and I feel like it's not only out of character, but also kind of boring. I, okay, me and, and the lady friend I was watching it with, we both actually genuinely, oh. without even trying, fell asleep during the second half of Return of the Jedi. Well, maybe you're just an old man who hates fun, George. 
So anyways, <laughs> going back to the very end of Return of the Jedi and the wackiness sure. going on, there's wackiness. another scene I want to bring up that is the one I live tweeted. I know exactly they what you're talking about. They cut to people celebrating at Naboo. Yeah. Which is a city that you saw in episode one very very rarely throughout the rest of the prequels nothing of significance or import happened in naboo according to the expanded universe lore canon naboo i don't think was actually occupied properly by the empire like like bespin did in the last movie they cut in a cgi celebration scene at bespin but that would make sense if you go through order it would completely not make sense if you just watch return of the jedi by itself because you're suddenly cutting to all these places you don't see but naboo really makes no sense coruscant they have a celebration scene at coruscant where they like pull down a saddam hussein statue of emperor palpatine and that makes a little bit of sense in the original trilogy because leia very briefly mentions a imperial capital city I don't think they refer to Coruscant by name in the original trilogy, though, no, but it exists in the universe. It was yeah. in the games at the time. Um, yeah. But Naboo did only, not. Naboo was not invented only, until like 1999. My only way to justify them adding Naboo is like, like Padme was from Naboo. It was her, what, brother-in-law? That's Bail Organa that raised Leia. So like there's a tangential tertiary connection from Leia to Naboo. <laughs> through lineage but that's like that's a oh that is a stretch my god that is a that's a huge yeah. stretch because the reason why this is like avant-garde art filmmaking is that they are <laughs> wrapping up conclusions and resolving problems that were not even problems in the movies <laughs> They're yeah. like, they show Jar Jar Binks waving his arms in Return of the Jedi, the Blu-ray edition. There's a scene of Jar Jar Binks celebrating on the rooftop of Naboo City and the subtitle at the bottom of the screen says, we so free. <laughs> and just like completely out of nowhere, a resolution comes to resolve a climax and a problem that was not a part of any of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, I just. When was just, Jar Jar Binks I like just, a slave from the Empire? Ah! I mean, technically, in Episode Three, he was a senator. But, so but why would he? He was up, under the tyranny of of the new Imperial Order. Up, up, yeah, which which means that he was actually I don't abetting it. Know. If you look at the the expanded backstory lore universe, Jar Jar Binks actually, when when he finished his political career, he returned home to Naboo and they ostracized him and wouldn't get him a real job. So he was a street performer for kids, even though the parents knew who he was and hated him. The kids didn't know, so they would just laugh at him like squirting fish in and out of his ears. But I I also. <laughs> I also want to note that the expanded universe has been deemed not canon anymore. Yeah, it doesn't count anymore. So, but also, also, the worst part of that scene in Return of the Jedi is letting us know that Jar Jar Binks is alive and well. Or just reminding us that he was even a character at all. Yeah. Like, like, hated Christensen being a ghost, and then all of a sudden, like, <laughs> jump-cutting to celebrations on fucking Naboo were, like, <laughs> so borderline bizarre that that i like almost want to believe it's some kind of experimental postmodern art going on <laughs> oh boy but yeah it's still it's still fun i mean it was like shocking being like oh my god for the first time in my life star wars now looks dated 
but but it's still also a lot of fun like seeing which shots are paintings and which aren't because on the other side i was like wow they really had me fooled this whole time like a lot of uh what I thought were models and action figures of spaceships flying around in Return of the Jedi were actually paintings. Really freaking good, super realistic, super detailed paintings that genuinely had me fooled this whole time. Which, mm. which, like, that's why it was such a roller coaster. It was a roller coaster of, like, appreciating practical effects at the same process of seeing them fail to immerse me. And so it's like, it, it was a profound experience of, um, of uh let's let's see how did i put it really poetically appreciating the terrifying complexity of movie making while also being terrified of the inevitable process of aging and death even wow. the most impressive and skilled art will always look dated eventually i mean when george lucas gets his hands on it and yeah, yeah it kind of speeds up that process yeah so there's he's like a, he's like the the wrong cup at the end of indiana jones like if you drink from the George Lucas cup, your skin just like turns to spider webs and, and falls off your bones. I, I wonder what the Blu-rays of the Indiana Jones movies look like. Let's not, let's not even, Ooh. let's just, just. Oof. Uh, you so know, I picked up Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Okay. The, the, the most, the most decently okay game with the worst name. Yeah, that's, that's not a great name. That that already he, makes me want to like disregard it because it sounds like a dumb YouTuber name, like Super Bunny Hop. It is a dumb YouTuber name. Player <laughs> Unknowns is a dumb YouTuber. Player <laughs> Unknown. I'm not. Ki- I don't know if he was a YouTuber or a streamer, but he literally he was part of the the Arma team, original Arma team mod. Oh wait, and so was he a modder or a YouTuber or a game developer? I don't fucking Does know. Does he have but a real he's name? He's an internet person. I I'm sure he has a real name. Most people do, but uh. But as far as I know from what articles I read on this game, uh, he was on the Arma team and did some consulting for H1Z1, right. I think. And then he decided to just kind of take those, those you know, moder- like moderate successes and be like, I can make it. And then got, uh, as far as I know, a Korean studio to sort of crunch time crank out Battlegrounds in about six months. And it shows it's an early access game. Uh, not but, really optimized well. No, not optimized well, but um, it's gotten better. Once you get into the meat of the gameplay, it is. But like the menus and the the like loading screen and the the a little like lobby where you get to move your character around is all like super laggy as shit. But like in the game, I have never experienced like a lag spike during any action or any frame drops or whatever. Um, but it's a fun game. I get why everybody likes it. It's the only thing that I think is dumb is like you can win you can there's a clear best strategy which is drop to the most remote set of houses on the map get decent gear stay away from every other house as you go to the middle of the safety zone and just just camp stay stay out of sight don't invoke conflict um I actually won a game I got number 1 I think I only had 2 kills so, so uh, the, the premise is survival. Watch everyone kill themselves. Right. The, prem- the premise is it's basically the fucking Hunger Games. You're dropped on this big island. It's the same island every time. Uh, and there's all these buildings that are all the same every time. But um, they are randomly generated what drops are in them. So you have a bunch of shotguns, a bunch of rifles, uh, SMGs, pistols, snipers. 
Um, and then melee weapons and grenades. And then uh, some healing stuff and some different armors and backpacks. And all of that is kind of just roll the dice on what goes where. Um, and as the plane flies over, you can jump out whenever you want and you body, you like glide suit in the direction you want. And then eventually you parachute down and it's, it's really fun and it's really tense. And I love playing duos. I was playing duos with a couple of my friends where it's like, you're on a squad of two. And when you get killed, you instead like go down into like gears of war, revive me (laughs) mode. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a good game. I don't, uh, I've talked with my friend about it. I don't know if we've seen the best of this genre, but he made some good points that I don't think this this genre is something that AAA is even going to bother to take a look at, right? Or like bigger companies, like Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is not. I wouldn't be like this is a fucking great game. It's really fun, but it's it's you know there's a lot of design and especially visual stuff that can be improved upon, right? it's you know it's going to be based on your enjoyment of kind of being out there being against people or having friends to play yeah. with or yeah exactly you know if you're into that type of thing uh, especially if you have like a good sound card and you got some good headphones uh you're probably gonna you get know, some, that's, that's required yeah that's required. because you gotta you're gonna be hearing people come up the stairs or around the corner climbing up the ladder to go to the roof and you have to be extremely careful because you know, they might shoot you you know if you go out too far like there's a lot of little things like that that can make really great moments in the game um if you're into that you know like yeah. where your life is on the line like at any moment someone can clip you from far away like no doubt like people will sit back and snipe you some people are really good i've watched so much yeah. of like montage videos and stuff and i've played myself and this is like oh you you can start a game and all of a sudden <laughs> death yeah it's it's legit like i love that everyone i like the asymmetrical multiplayer aspect of it where you all you all start with the same amount of nothing but you could all get good shit and you could all drop wherever you want. Mm-hmm. So, like, whenever you go over, like, the big city areas of the island, you always see, like, like 13, 14 people drop out because they they want to get into the conflict immediately. They want to get some kills and they want to get good gear. Because, like, with, you know, 50 buildings sitting there, there's a good chance you're going to find something. Um, but then you'll see some people are, like, hunters. And they'll wait for you to drop out in a remote location and they'll follow you. And they'll try and, like corner you in like this two houses and just get the upper hand and get a quick kill right um there's a lot of different ways to play it i think it's really fun i've been wanting to play it all day like i've been doing other stuff because of like work but i've been thinking about playing it like it's one of those good multiplayer games that's like interesting and for an uh, early access game made by a no-name studio that like was running a hundred players at the same time on the same server it's it's good oh wow like, i didn't know it, it goes that it high does, yeah it, every game is 100 players um, and you have to keep going so into it, the middle of the circle or you'll die outside the circle yeah so it starts where the whole island is open and then about um i'd say like 30 seconds after you drop and you everyone hits the ground uh you can check your map and there will be a white circle around a large portion of the island and that's the safe zone uh, I think it's like five minutes after that, 
the um, the plasma wall starts to go in, and that's a big blue circle that's outside, and you can see it on the map, and you have to get inside the white circle or else you'll be in a zone where you start taking continuous damage, which I think H1Z1 did the same thing. It had, like, poison gas or something. Um, and after the blue circle reaches the white circle and, like, the safe zone is now barred in, uh, another safe zone will generate inside that safe zone. And you have, like, a couple minutes until that one starts to close in. And it keeps doing that. And at the end of the game, your safe zone is literally, like, like the size of a very small field. And uh, the game that I won, it was actually really intense because there was no cover for any of us. There was, like, four guys left, and we were in a tiny field that was just, like, like, uh, like thigh-high wheat grass. And so everyone's like laying on the floor and trying to like catch where other people are. And I saw some guy, uh, I saw like a flash of movement because some guy switched guns. And so I just like blind fired into it and he died and someone got up to try and shoot me. And then that guy got shot and then I shot the last guy. It was great. It's a lot of fun. I really hope it goes out of early access and isn't one of those like infinite infinite death spirals. Yeah, because it has potential. Arma three, Daisy. An H1Z1 don't really set a good precedent for that thing eventually Arc. being considered rust. All of done. Them. Yeah, it's like, especially given the circumstances of like this guy was part of those teams. I want to see it do well, but like the finalized version of this game would have visuals that don't look like they're from a late era PS2 game, which is what this looks like bigger draw distance but it's it's a pubg should just stand for pretty ugly but good (laughs) (laughs) oh wait that's what pubg stands for yeah player unknowns battlegrounds oh oh god sorry so this thing like completely passed me by like like swoosh it's it's massive right now it's been top seller on steam for like a month i've seen that abbreviation a lot of places i've only seen the full name like twice on twitter yeah God, that explains a lot. Okay, so that's what PUBG is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well. Well, there you go. I've yelled words about games, and you guys have yelled words about games and or Star Wars. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's the very light rule bending that that I was pushing. <laughs> it was basically, am I allowed to talk about Star Wars for, for 15, 20 minutes? George the Rebel Weedman. <laughs> I'm, uh... I'm breaking all sorts of boundaries. Uh, so we're going to... Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, speaking of breaking all sorts of boundaries, uh, it's time for the break. <laughs> wow. Nice. <laughs> I don't even... Bush. <laughs> So this is this is the ultimate TOVG podcast, right? Yes. The, the, the uh, yes. ultimate as in the final, which means right. it's got to be the greatest and the best, which oh. means we're going to horribly disappoint everyone by not really having that much news to talk about. But I, I did want to <clears> yap <throat> about the Far Cry 5. Uh, I, I almost said Far Cry 4, but I mean, they're like almost the same thing anyway. Far Cry 5 is uh, is is officially in in. Montana. It, it it feels weird to say that. On the Ooh. other hand, it really shouldn't. On the other hand, it's like 
okay, good on them for for being weird with it. On the other hand, it's like kind of to be expected. I don't know. So apparently, uh, they got they got a neo western setting going on, or, or at least like that's what I'm assuming. The, the The trailer had like a cowboy narrator, um, but but it's in modern day Montana, and there there have been neo western movies set in modern day middle of nowhere's out west. Uh, you, you have some bad guys they've shown in a piece of art who, who look like some kind of ultra religious conservative cult out, out in the middle of nowhere in Montana. Uh, you know, after, after Outlast 2 and Resident Evil 7, it seems like it's not a good time to, uh, to, 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 to be conservative Americana and not be victimized and, or vilified in the media. Yeah, I I just watched the little teaser for the first time because all I saw was the picture. Um, so I want I'm sure you guys know the, there's only like three scenes in the teaser, but the scene where it's the bell being rung at the church. Yeah, the bell's cute, but it's yeah, but it's a it's a guy smashing another dude's head into That's it. That's cute. Um, the top comment right now is I can't remember the guy in the tower's name, but his face rings a bell. Oh <laughs> snap! <laughs> and fucking Ubisoft favorited that comment. <laughs> Good job. Anyway, uh, this yeah, I don't know. Like, <clears throat> it's it's a big company, so we could have pretty much zero social commentary at all, and it could just be like. They're bad people that happen to live in Montana, but it does seem like there's some heavy religious implications. Like this is going to be like a Westboro Baptist kind of oh, vibe yay, to these guys. How original! Well, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's has that been tackled in a AAA game? There is. <clears throat> I I think so. I don't. I feel like there's an example at the tip of my tongue. I mean, there's. There's Red Dead Redemption. I don't know if that really counts. The, the the bad guys in Red Dead Redemption were were like government spies fucking with the private lives of bandits who just wanted to rob each other and kill each other in peace. It was weird. That was a weird game to look on. There was angst. It, it mm. was also like probably one of the most conservative minded games. The, the, the angst there was about like big government forcing John Marston into a life of crime. And, and the angst here is is seemingly between this this trend of uh of, of outlast 2 and resident evil 7 and now far cry 5 having having the villains be conservative americana definitely would would, would seem to be uh poked and prodded from from political <laughs> movements that have arisen within the past two years when these games would have been planned and pitched Mm. And 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 considering the political movements that have continued onwards throughout this year and the oncoming one, I uh, <laughs> have a feeling this is probably going to continue. There's there's probably going to be more bad, evil guys and or groups in your media hanging out in the middle of in the middle of nowhere, conservative Republican voting counties and in between and, the two American coasts. I mean, and what I mean is, like the, any... it's always religious people doing crazy things in like horror games or bad guys. There's always some type of religious. Oh, yeah. in, in 2003, um, not 2003, and like during the Bush administration in general, there was a lot of uh, a lot of media with like super crazy religious villains. Remember uh, Deliver Us from Evil, starring the, no. that that wrestler guy. <laughs> uh, it was it was a cheapo nothing movie that came out the same year Borat came out. Came out a year after Team America came out. Oh God, okay. <laughs> Team America! 
<laughs> so also the crazy evil redneck family and resident evil seven yeah they, they they weren't on like a religious bend but yeah. but they did have kind of like an anti-authoritarian streak where they're yeah. like oh that dang old cop's showing up again yeah it, they they're they're they were funny though um so I'm I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued in how they're going to balance a setting that should have a heavy civilian and police presence against the players need in a Far Cry game to blow up everything and shoot everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something I that, mean, I guess yes. well yeah. I, mean, I, was, I can't like wait it, for the boss to say, get on your knees and pray. And, yeah, and oh boy. yeah, I just can't wait for that. That line the is gonna be great. First person camera bobbles across some scary scenery. <laughs> yes, exactly. The, the secret, the secret ending to Far Cry Five. To ten minutes in, is they they tell you to do that, and then you pray, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's all good." Then, and then they just <laughs> you attend church for about beginning? an hour. So, so is as much as like the Far Cry series is the blueprint for the generic open world Ubisoft game. I've always operated under the assumption that maybe that's because they're actually kind of good and that's why they get keep keep getting copied and repeated ad infinitum and they're and not bad they're not and there's a genuinely like fun clever funny moment of writing in the intro of far cry 4 where the evil villain of the game gets a phone call after like forcing you down to an evil nasty meal and he's like don't move an inch i'll be coming back for you and if you actually don't press any buttons for like 15 minutes he comes back puts the phone away and is like all right now that that's settled we're getting you out of here and just like puts you on a helicopter and you leave and the game's over and the credits actually roll yeah see that's pretty that's the thing is like i I didn't really like far cry 2 for specifically for ai and gameplay reasons but two yeah that's not the one you're Um, not allowed to like what do you mean? People really, really uh, reify, canonize that one, even though it has like some seriously janky gameplay issues. Yeah, uh, like when I shoot guys from like a mile away with a sniper rifle, get in a car, drive for five minutes, run, get out of the car, run, jump off a cliff, hide in a bush, and they pull up right next to me five seconds later, the same guys that I just shot at. Yep. Yeah, that's a they, bit they, janky they, and stupid. They Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a game yeah, that was not, desperately in need of a modding scene. Yeah, not super into that one. Sorry, guys. But Far Cry three and four both had great villains that were interesting and well written. So if the focus on villains has made the Far Cry series a staple for this long, then I guess that's what I'm interested in seeing for five. Yeah. And, and fun villains. I don't know. Look at the art. They look like fun villains. You've, well, you've got, like, a table with an American flag on it, a shitload of guns, a Bible, and a church in the background. This is, like, a perfect caricature of, of like, what the, West, the rest of the world makes fun of when they make fun of your stereotypical American. Yeah, I want to... <laughs> I forgot, I think it was on the original tweet of the image by Ubisoft There's or something, but... There's even an apple but, pie! <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, no, it's... <clears throat> it's, like... Pretty obvious what they're going for, but I think it was on the original tweet of the, the image, you know, where it shows this uh, Midwestern family, I'll call them, um, with their, their Duck Dynasty knives and their beards. <laughs> yeah, Duck Dynasty. Um, oh, they, no. <laughs> I, <clears throat> my brother looks exactly like them, so, like, I'm not going to judge. Uh, but 
one of the replies on the image and I was like, oh, you poor soul, you just don't understand, was um, it looks like the villain in the middle is a huge douchey hipster. Can't wait to kill him. And I was like, you, you, you sad, poor little man. You don't even realize you're looking into a mirror. <laughs> It has, this thing like the picture has a the last supper vibe going Ooh. with it oh yeah oh, good, absolutely good, good that's, observation that's, very that's analytical definitely what they were going for yeah like all of them on one side of the table and everything and yeah it's yeah it's, the focus on the center yeah it's it's absolutely the last supper but with a wolf that has a cross painted on its head right a, a buck knife stuck into an uncooked steak an apple pie, <laughs> a guy who looks like he's a he just shot up or is about to shoot up heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, a, which a is a problem out there. Pe- people, people, people do heroin in the middle of nowhere in America. Yeah, that's not. There isn't much else to do but heroin in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's America. a real problem <laughs> that actually exists. <laughs> I apologize to all of our Midwestern and Southern viewers. I don't view literally everybody down there like this. It's just funny to well, make stereotypical internet, jokes sometimes. Matt knows yeah. all about these stereotypes. <laughs> he, he has some stories to tell about a few of them. No, I didn't realize. Nope. Did, you, did you catch the burning house in the background? Yeah. Oh, yeah, where's I that? The, yeah. Oh, there all it right. is. Hmm. Next to the girl character. Maybe that's a uh, outpost that uh, you have to clear out to uh, <laughs> you get your to fast travel point. Yeah. yeah. Also, the, there's the uh, planes now. Character. You got planes. So I feel One like out we're... of 57 barns burned. Ah, this is ridiculous. We, we've basically like become exactly what Red Letter Media is parodying. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> okay. We just like talked for... <laughs> An untold number of minutes about a piece of promotional concept art for a game that's not out yet that might not even be that great. It's about f- 15 minutes, so a told number of minutes. Speaking but, of things that aren't well, out yet and may not be great, but have great marketing materials released. Sure. Um, we're not going to talk about Code Vein again, are we? No, we're talking about Castlevania, <laughs> which has a cheeky little teaser release for a Netflix that series that apparently is happening. Which is funny, because yeah, last week Netflix... we talked about Netflix series is apparently happening too. Now we have another one popping up, and this one has an tra- actual trailer to go with it. Well, the thing is, cool they trailers, announced yeah. this Castlevania series like three weeks ago. Like, so they, they, they did not like, waste time. No, they were like, yo... Netflix is like low-key doing Castlevania, maybe. And people were like, oh, okay. Well, well, I guess we'll see in like a year or two. And then they were just like, by the way, we already made it. <laughs> and it's coming out in July. Maybe in three weeks we'll see a trailer for The Witcher. That would be cool. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping so. Whoa, but that so, would be sick. So the Castlevania Netflix series is a, appears to be based off of the first Castlevania game. That is plopped into an actual NES in the trailer. Yeah. Right. They they do a funny little thing with that where they have like a blood red cartridge of the game that they put in. Um, but it is the animation is done by the same studio that did uh, Adventure Time. If I Sam. am correct. Really? Sam. Yeah. But well, it's, it's not it's not stylized. Similar. Yeah, it's an anime. Yeah. That, that is a surprise to me. But I mean, like. It, it's uh, fucking sorry. Uh, it is anime style, like a, a American anime esque looking style. Um, but 
the that the studio's animation quality is really high yeah. and the, the trailer looks great voice acting seems pretty good um and fucking i get to see a belmont whip whip some dudes holy ah. crap it's yeah. frederator yeah (laughs) it does not look like it at all though wow no no yeah it's uh netflix has a very good trend for original series aside from like most people didn't like iron fist which is like fine because i don't really care about superhero stuff but like if you look at all the netflix original series like house of cards you have the uh, the good superhero ones like luke cage like they just they kill it pretty consistently with their originals. Yes, they so, do. I'm trying not to get Iron high Punk. hopes up. Iron Punk sucks. Don't watch that. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to get my hopes too high, but Castlevania looks fucking rad. So, yeah. Yeah. Oof, they, oof. I mm, cannot wait. I'm wondering how serious it's going to be, because they, they go from, like, 30 seconds of, LOL, it's this cute retro Nintendo thing, to 30 more seconds of it being really serious, bloody action. I think they're probably going to... The cartridge thing was just for the teaser, to show people that this is indeed Castlevania, not like a reimagining of Castlevania as told by M. Night Shyamalan or something. And, and I think that would be interesting, is if how hard they stick to like <laughs> the hokey 1930s monster movie roots that actually are all over the very first Castlevania game before it got all serious anime. Yeah. It, it looks like it's it's like, all serious it? anime. V- but Ram Stroker. Mm-hmm, Bella Lugosi is in the credits, right? I don't know. They, they might have Maybe. changed his name a bit to be cute, but that was back when uh, game developers didn't get credits when, when they were uh, treated very, very poorly by the industry, which may not have changed because uh, IO Interactive laid off a bunch of people this week after last week in which it was revealed that Square Enix was laying off IO Interactive in general. Um, so since then, we have the GameStar news story from a reporter who has trusted insider sources saying that they still have the Hitman IP in their own possession. Um, since then, Ooh. I'm working on a video myself doing some research. I have actually talked to that reporter. I've not been able to talk to anyone within IO or Square Enix themselves. But he told me, and, and this is public information that he's fine with me disclosing, as I will do in the video later on as well. But he told me that um, IO actually negotiated really hard with Square Enix during the initial buyout to keep their uh, IP properties. Because throughout mm-hmm. the years, their name is tied so close to Hitman that of all the things right. they have under their belt, they didn't want to give that one up. And um, yeah. This news of lay of extra layoffs, though, is is something that's disconcerting to me because he didn't seem like he was anticipating that to happen. And it's not exactly surprising, but this is actually the second run of layoffs the company has um, enacted in the past half decade. After Kanan Lynch 2, before they worked on the next Hitman, they laid off a bunch of people from the Kanan Lynch teams to just focus on Hitman because they were losing money and wanted to make the next game real polished and good. And they did um uh, as it turns out deciding to release it in little chunks of episodes with always online drm really bit them in the ass though but now they're laying off more people while they still have a second season coming out square enix got wind of how well the first season had did done which is not well at all 
made a reasonable and rational prediction based off of that to not keep them on on payroll to make a second season hopefully some other publisher picks them up gives them the time and the money they need to actually put out much bigger uh packs of episodes instead of this like episode one starter pack with an extra optional upgrade to your episode two for a night mission if you pay extra for that one with with the different consistency of quality and scale for each of the individual episodes the the reporter also clued me into something that was also publicly known when the game was initially announced it was initially announced to be just two episodes uh oh really yeah when you look at the very first earliest press releases for hitman they talk about how they were gonna first release a pack with the tutorial missions and paris and sapienza and then another pack with the rest afterwards it would cost $65 total. You would pay 30 for the first one, 35 for the upgrade, because technically there would be a lot more content in the upgrade. But you could also wait for both of them to come out and buy them together for $60. What ended up happening, though, is that uh, either Square Enix or IOS, someone in IOS, still unconfirmed which party has more responsibility in this decision that turned out to be a really bad decision um, to sell each level individually and kind of re-engineer the game for that. But... That was really interesting to be reminded of because I was reminded how on the podcast we I, I was talking about it when they first announced the new Hitman and then kind of changed up their release schedule over the next coming weeks and how confusing it was even before the game was out to know what kind of product they were making. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, that's just more bad news. There's actual layoffs happening again previously after layoffs happened from them making a bad Cannon Lynch game. Now layoffs are happening from them making a good Hitman game that didn't sell well. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. We talked we talked more than I had anything to add about this last week. Like it's sad to hear, but not any actual non-critics liked Hitman or wanted to buy it. I I can't blame them though when you like go to the Steam page for Hitman and see just how wacky the the assortment of SKUs are. It's like, okay, which SKU is just the one I want? It's uh, disappointing that when I got my press pack, which has the complete experience, I was talking to a friend of mine who bought every episode individually as they come out, and it turns out that me, as a minor shitty YouTuber, got more stuff for free than he got being an actual fan paying $15 per episode for each one, because there were some bonuses along the line, some like temporary stuff that went away forever which everyone still had to deal with but there's a couple bonus missions that take place during alternate versions of the levels at night that i got that he didn't and that that that's not good i mean he's like the real fan i was just the reviewer also elusive targets suck <laughs> yeah you've so you've stated on no less than three other podcasts uh do we have anything <laughs> anything else to add to that topic or should we um not really okay uh, oh last but not least vanquish for pc is out it it happened almost just before we started to record so i'm interested to see came in the night how how the like port reports are on that <clears throat> uh yeah tv's port report is already up oh wow uh do you know if the impressions are good or bad uh, it came out like two hours ago, and I don't really watch Port Report for games that I don't plan on playing. Okay. Which is 
So I pretty much never watch Port Report is what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> when Vanquish is on sale for cheap, you should give it a try. Yeah. It's good. I'll trust George's word on that one. You just look at GIFs. <laughs> GIFs of action. Or GIFs. Look at GIFs of the game of, uh, of, of Vanquishmen boosting along, doing backflips off of bad guys while shooting other bad guys in slow motion and striking cool poses on his way down. It's, it's good for give, GIFs. Give GIFs of GIFs of GIFs. <sighs> So, so that's, that's the whole podcast. That's it the is. beginning that and is. end of it. That's, that's 100% of all the TOVG podcasts. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> thanks to everybody for listening all this time. Oh God. Uh, special apology to the guy who tweeted at me last week saying, Hey, I've been, uh, I've been binging the podcast from episode one. Are you guys planning on putting it on YouTube at any point? Ooh. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> It's Whoops. apologies. <laughs> I mentioned it like a long time ago. A long time ago. And we just never got around to it. It is a lot of work to get a more than one hour long thing rendered in a video format and uploaded uh, consistently every week, especially with other work that we have going on. However, but now we don't have to because it's dead. Oh, gosh, uh, we, we, the we do having have... is real. <laughs> but but in order to to play this funeral out with a celebratory upbeat tone, we hang on before you get to that. <laughs> I want to say I want to say how appropriate your conversation about Star Wars was this week. OK. Considering the fact that George Lucas did not end Star Wars when Star Wars should have been ended, which is when it was still good <laughs> and decided to and decided to keep making Star uh. Wars. That's the path to the dark side. You don't want the TOVG podcast to go down the path to the dark <laughs> or side. Or it already has. Right. It's what he's yeah. saying. See, now, there may never be a TOVG podcast, The Phantom Menace, but maybe someday in the far future, there will be a TOVG podcast, The Tribes Awakens, <laughs> a suitable successor to the show that you, some of you love. Don't say that. <laughs> but in order for there to be demand for that, there would still... Well, I don't know. I, I, the I Force Awakens might have still happened without the prequels. But it seems like the demand for them that's to what, return to I'm the saying. classic timeline was, was because people were so disappointed by the prequels. They wanted, they wanted the franchise to get their shit back together and, and thus were able to bank on... on, on a, like the Coca-Cola Classics conspiracy theory. Imagine George Lucas so, being like, ah, we'll make Star Wars so bad that once we make Star Wars good, people will buy it up by the millions. So what you're saying is we need to start a really <laughs> shitty podcast and go for like another 130 episodes. Well, if we're going to do it like New Coke, we'd only do it for like two weeks. And then if we were oh, going to do it like doable. prequels, though, it would be just just taking things way too damn far. Well... <laughs> what do you think is more successful, Coca-Cola or Star Coca -Cola. Wars? Coca-Cola. Then let's go the Coke route. All right. We should, we should do the spin-off route. Yeah, but later when I'm less busy bicycling <laughs> up hills to make it in time for the podcast. The, the Kingdom Hearts route spin-off on other things. TOVG podcast way, I, one and one half. I, I figured if we ever wanted to, to bring the Tribes cast back, we don't even need to rename it because TOVG could just stand for Tribes and other video games. <laughs> oh! Yeah, the clutch. Yeah, that's really good, by the way. Yeah, 
God, you're, as George writes it down. Jeez, you're good at this stuff. Oh. oh, People should hire me for, like, public relations and naming shit and fucking wit. Hire me for, as your head of wit. Do you ever want to, like, consult or write video game dialogue? You'd probably be really good at it. Uh, I mean, I'm, I have no writer experience, but for more, I'd be projects. interested. Yeah, you could give it a whirl I, I, i'd take a crack at it in the meantime what we're doing right now are such illustrious and famous and successful youtube channels as youtube.com slash bunny hop show and youtube.com slash sunder gamer and youtube.com slash not expecting that, that. Visu- <laughs> sorry that visual <laughs> But I want to say, I want to say thank you guys for watching. Mm. I know these other guys are just going to, you know, play some music or whatever. But I want to (laughs) say I appreciate you guys for watching us all this time. And, you know, it's I'm glad you miss us. I'm I'm glad we're worth something. I'm glad. (laughs) I am. I am happy that you're sad. I'm happy that you're sad. No. There's got to be a long, complicated German word for that. The happiness you feel that someone else feels sad about your problem. It's Mm. like validation, kind of. But like a really sick and cynical and self-centered kind. Matt. Yes. Let's not end on that (laughs) note. Um. I, I echo Matt's statement. Sincere thank you to sticking with us forever. And all those people who are like, I just binged all your podcasts over a month. Like, Whoops. first of all, you're kind of, wow. But it's also sorry, but also thank you. Um, and keep an eye on us in the future because we're making stuff. Yeah. We're yeah. not, we're not, yeah. we're not disappearing from the internet. Um, so, so yes, thanks. Thanks for putting up with us. Thanks for blessing our mess. And uh, thanks for leaving long comment threads of just the word tribes on like most of my videos. Speaking of which, uh, we have live in the studio tonight in the same room that all three of us are in. Yes. uh, The the popular 80s hair metal band Motley Crue with their their new hit single that was totally released to the public the Tribes 2 theme song wow Motley Crue thanks for being here play us out one last time
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.